take a deep breath Take the higher road That's what they always say As if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself Cause life ain't just a dream You make your own So kick and scream The people will like With a never ending force You never had the chance So what you waiting for The day has come my friend Cause this is war July of 2021, I started the organization Nurse Freedom Network. I did this to take a stand against the unconstitutional vaccine mandates and the medical tyranny that we are facing. Our mission is advocating for medical freedom for healthcare workers and informed consent for all. Millions have been injured and many have died from these experimental mRNA injections. I've met some truly amazing and inspiring people on this journey, and one of them will be joining me today to discuss how the coercion she was faced with led to devastating consequences. You're listening to Nurses Out Loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton. Before we get started today, I do want to encourage our listeners, if you have questions or comments, or perhaps you want to share your own experiences with what you're seeing on the front lines of healthcare, you can submit those to any of the hosts by visiting americaoutloud.com forward slash nurses out loud. From there, you can select the name of the nurse you'd like to direct it to from our drop down menu. We would love to hear from you. We would encourage all of you to engage in the battle and find your voice in this fight. But until you are able to do that, we will continue to be that voice for you. Danielle Baker was an active registered nurse for 20 years with a background in hospice and palliative care. She loved her job and she had spent the last 17 years caring for her patients in hospice. In June of 2021, she was coerced into taking the COVID-19 jab after her former employer issued an email, email stating a July deadline if the employees wanted to maintain all of their benefits. Having a family to care for, she couldn't afford to lose her job, so she reluctantly took the Pfizer jabs. Within two and a half weeks after her second dose, she became completely disabled, suffering from severe neurological issues demyelination of the spine, and receiving the diagnosis of transverse myelitis, which her doctor confirmed was due to the Pfizer jab. Since that time, Danielle has been unable to work as she has had difficulty completing even the simplest tasks, such as walking and self-care. She lives in constant suffering each day, never knowing the degree of difficulty she will face. She's had three core physicians, but has been to several other doctors in an attempt to find relief to no avail. In fact, during her last hospital admission, doctors unfamiliar with her told her that she had a psychological problem, and they suggested that they order a psychiatric evaluation. Knowing that no one had filed a VAERS report on her behalf, Danielle filed one of her own. She sent that to the FDA, 
uh, an email explaining her situation to warn others what can happen after these shots and to let the FDA know that she was filing that VAERS report. After that email was sent, she noticed that her finalized report in the system had mysteriously disappeared. So is the FDA intentionally removing such claims of injury? Danielle is one of the first nurses to go on disability due to the COVID-19 jab in the state of Ohio and is also now on social security disability. She has an active workers' compensation case against her former employer and hopes to become a trailblazer, opening the door for others in similar situations to seek the justice that they deserve. Danielle, thank you so much for being here. Uh, thank you. Just hearing you read that makes me cry. <laughs> I know it's so hard, you know, first off, I just want to tell you how sorry I am for all that you have had to endure. But you know, I also want to thank you for having the courage to fight back and to stand for others. You know, I'm not surprised that you would because you know, this is, this is just what we do as nurses, right? It is. You fight for autonomy and patient rights and naturally it goes into fighting for yourself. Yes. And, you know, unfortunately, so many of those nurses that, you know, that um, they, they weren't doing that at that time. They weren't fighting for autonomy or informed consent. And, you know, it was something that was becoming just really difficult to see because these are really and truly the foundations of nursing practice. It's uh, one of the first things that were taught during school are the patient rights. And it was so sad to see everything unfold um, the, the way that it did, including myself in my case. You know, and I know from I know for myself, Danielle, I was not anti-vax coming into this fight. I, I wasn't. You know, I didn't even necessarily think that there was anything nefarious going on at the time, but I was hesitant because, you know, what concerned me with the vaccine rollout was, of, of course, the speed of which it happened, the warp speed, and the, we had a total lack of safety data. And... <laughs> Not to mention the novel technology, that mRNA that had never been used before. Did you have the same concerns? That is the exact same concern that I had. I um, didn't have any issues with vaccination. Um, I hadn't always taken the flu shot um but i wasn't what people like to refer as anti-vax uh, my biggest concern was the speed of the rollout and the lack of any data to back up its safety i had a a, 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 a rudimentary understanding of how vaccines are and how they're or not vaccines medications 
are and how they are moved through the FDA, even on um, piggyback of another medicine. And even that takes years. Right, exactly. And, you know, I, I think that we all, I said, I wasn't anti-vax. I had had all of my vaccines. My child had all of his vaccines. Like you, I didn't always necessarily get the flu shot. Um, I was never what you would consider anti-vax, but I was also never what you would consider like one of the very militant um, pro-vaccine people either. I always just um, believed in giving people the information, which as you know, as a nurse, we don't have really uh, any education hardly at all on vaccines. Also, many physicians don't have um, much information on education. It's just basically like that, that sheet of paper that we hand the patient. That's, that's all we have. Exactly. And that's how it was. We gave flu shots to our patients regularly, had them sign a piece of paper, but I wasn't ever aware of theirs or any of that until I had my injury. Wow. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, it's unfortunate, but like we didn't, we always just implicitly trusted. I think that I see that over and over again. Um, we have had it indoctrinated in, in, in us from day one that, you know, vaccines are safe, they're effective and they're for the greater good. And as nurses, we just didn't ever question it. I think I see that changing now and I'm, and I'm thrilled for that because where we once just implicitly trusted and we now, we now research and, um, and we, we dig deeper because I, I know for myself, it's something I've had a hard time uh, dealing with because I've vaccinated children. I have encouraged parents to vaccinate their children. And now, you know, I'm just left to wonder if I've injured a child. And you uh, say that and um, I wonder the same because my son was vaccinated, but he is also autistic now. Yeah. I didn't pay much attention, I guess, to it uh, before. Mm -hmm. I knew, like we all did as nurses, medicines have risks associated with them. I was truly ignorant to the high risks associated with vaccines and as you said we just trusted yeah it was so different it was it was so strange how that that difference between what we knew about medications because i i obviously knew so much more about these medications and if you remember from nursing school they would have us like literally memorize every medication Ugh. to go with every disease this medication for this disease and i think that's all by design because it's like they're conditioning us to associate you know a symptom or a disease process with a medication because that of course is the only answer is a medication they think the prescription pad is the only way um, and i'm thankful that so many of us are really starting to see the bigger picture but honestly i'm starting to believe that on some level we are all vaccine injured any of us that have had any of these vaccines going back even to I mean, i'm 45 um uh, my son is 28. My son had ADHD um, growing up and, you know, 
that could potentially be a result of a vaccine injury. Certainly. Um, I remember he had some, some small like ticks, you know, growing up and I, I wonder, could that have been a result? And for myself, I ended up with multiple autoimmune conditions. So, you know, of course there's no way to really tie it back, but it's, absolutely possible that we are all vaccine injured on some level and just never made the correlation. I think that that is a very, very probable scenario. Um, once you see, you can't unsee. And, and there's a, I say, a blissful ignorance and not knowing because after everything that has happened and what I have come across horrifies me. I never, ever would have associated vaccines, what are supposed to keep us well, with how sick that they make us. Exactly. Now, when you had, I, I told you I had my concerns in the beginning, you had similar concerns. What was the consensus like among your coworkers at that time? Were they similarly concerned? Um, most of uh, my coworkers didn't want it either. Um, at, at the beginning, when they rolled it out for health care workers, I would venture a guess around only 30% in my whole company got it. Um, we all had the similar concert, and that was the speed at the development of it and the lack of testing and uh, data to back up the safety. Um, as you know, in nursing school, you find out that these medicines have all of those side effects. And you learn the process at which those things are found. And I think... At some degree, we as uh, nurses expect it. And that's sad that it became that culture. Uh, but then as the rollout came, that speed is what stopped most of my workers from getting it. Yeah, I mean, it was it was concerning to see it coming, and it seemed like something that because you know all through COVID, um, it it had a not even among the most vulnerable populations, it had a ninety nine or ninety eight point uh, something. I can't even remember the exact number, but it was a very high survival rate even across the, your elderly and your uh, comorbidities. So it seemed to me like it should have been rolled out um, using risk mitigation. Why would we start with the healthcare workers? That didn't make any sense to me. Why would we even consider giving it to children or, or pregnant women? Like that's not anything we've ever done with experimental um, medications, vaccines, anything like that. We've never done this before. So once they started kind of pushing this for the healthcare workers and then for 
everybody, like a mass vaccination, a shot in every arm. And I'm thinking this is the most um, irresponsible and short-sighted decision I think I had ever seen. You know, it should have been risk mitigation. This, this uh, healthcare is not one size fits all. And it was very, very dangerous and irresponsible in my opinion. And I have to agree with that. I remember when they had the media post some of the first videos of people going and and rolling their sleeve up and taking it and the what seemed to be a proud look on the face of people taking it and I couldn't relate to that just because of the the dangers and what we didn't know about it and I think that when they were exploring the groups to get it health care workers were front line most of us had exposure and natural immunity by the time that it ran out um, or rolled out i should say we should have not been on the top of that list at all oh, yeah, exactly. uh, we in um, hospice had patients come onto our care with the terminal diagnosis of COVID, I would safely venture to say maybe 10 of those patients that came on to our care passed away. A lot of them we ended up discharging because they gained their function back they weren't back to where they were but they weren't terminal wow yeah it's it it seemed to me that um you know we we were they they came to us i can remember that i was an icu nurse right and i had worked the first year and a half or whatever it was of the pandemic in the ICU, I'm directly caring for these COVID patients. I, I was taking care of COVID patients before we even knew what COVID was, and I'm convinced that they were COVID patients. So at that time, we weren't masking. And um, I had never gotten COVID that entire time. I'm actually on, I have autoimmune conditions. I'm on medication that suppresses my immune system and still had never gotten COVID. Um, and I just, I just now got it this past August. Um, so it was interesting to me. I thought that even suppressed, my immune system is working just fine. And I really didn't want to throw a monkey wrench into that. I thought it's working clearly. Um, you know, I'm, I'm doing okay. And I never felt like if I got COVID, I didn't feel like I wouldn't survive it. I felt like I would be sick, maybe miserable for a few days, and then I would be just fine, especially because I knew of early treatment. Um, and I knew that that was going to be an option for me. So to mm -hmm. see, you know, to see so many, um, you know, they they were pushing it for healthcare. They were, to your point, they were coming to us asking us to do these videos of us getting the shot. I was like, you know, you're crazy. I was like, I'm not participating <laughs> in anything like that. I was like, get the hell away from me. <laughs> uh, but they wanted us to do that, and it's so sad to me because it's so coercive and manipulative. They wanted us to do that so that we could um, kind of 
manipulate the public because we are the most trusted profession or 20 years or 20, however many years running now. Um, and, and they wanted us to go out there and be like, look, the nurses are getting it. And they know that, that the general public really trusts us. So that was not something I was just willing to, to go on, make a video and be like, yeah, roll my sleeve up and be happy about it. Now, you mentioned that, that some of the nurses were, were voicing their concerns uh, or, you know, kind of saying that they didn't want it. But were, were they pushing back at all? Uh, were they voicing those concerns? But yes and uh, no. Um, a, a lot um, kind of my employer um, put out an email um, in May, I believe it was, and in that email, it was laid out that if we didn't take it by July, then they would pull our benefit, our, our what they referred it to as our uh, COVID benefit, um, which offered pay for us if we were sick with COVID or we had a reaction and we had gotten the shot and had to be off for a couple of days. Along with that, they also had started the um, Oh, the lottery where you get so much money and they started segregation. But as of July the 1st uh, of the end of that deadline, I want to say that from that email to July, there was only a very small percentage of health care workers or workers in my work that went and got it. Um, there was a, another email put out on July the 8th that in no uncertain terms questioned morality of everybody who opted not to get it. Um, along with that, we had known that the mandate was coming. So we had already started back channel Facebook pages, um, private with nurses and um, healthcare workers that didn't want to receive it to start um uh, uh, an, a plan for what it would look like when the mandate rolled out yeah. so there was talking behind the scenes with a lot of them i happened to be hospitalized on um, the day they rolled the mandate out and um, a couple days before that they had offered a roundtable discussion with employees and at that 
roundtable, they pointed out that their own employee was in the hospital with a injury from that shot and they didn't care. Um, I later put pieces together and learned that their statement to the press on the mandate was already put together and sent in before they had the roundtable discussion. So there was never an option for the mandate to not roll out. Right. Now, were they um, accepting religious exemptions or um, anything like that? Any personal exemptions or religious exemptions? Not at the start. Um, when they rolled the mandate out, there was not anything put in about exemptions. It was a black and white mandate. When they learned that the nurses and, and staff at my work were pushing back, then they offered that exemption. Yeah. And it's interesting to me how many, I mean, so many of these nurses were pushing back and and didn't want it from the start, you know, and were critical thinkers or were supposed to be critical thinkers. So I could never understand um, the ones that uh, weren't questioning anything or was like, okay, let's go get it. Um, uh, that just didn't ever resonate with me. But so many uh, so many had expressed these concerns from early on. And I know for myself, I was seeing um, vaccine injury uh, from the very beginning of the rollout. I, I left bedside uh, back in, I think it was March. And the, the last patient I had was um, was paralyzed. He, was, he ended wow. up being paralyzed. He's now paralyzed from, I believe, the chest down. Um, and that was after the J&J. &J injection. So I was seeing these uh, injuries pretty early on. I had left bedside nursing because I had become so uh, disillusioned and disgusted really with the protocols that were being used. I knew what was happening in the ICU. We were using medications that were pretty much murdering our patients. You know, remdesivir was so harmful um, and it, it wasn't effective and I couldn't understand it. And it was just something I couldn't couldn't deal with anymore. So, you know, I had thankfully and prayerfully been exempted from the mandates because I had started working from home doing telephone triage. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not vaccinated and I was thankfully exempted because of that, uh, because of the work from home situation. But, you know, then they wanted me to encourage these jabs for children. Mm. And they actually wanted me to use the words safe and effective, period. And you know, as well as I do, we had no safety data. We could never make such a statement like that because we had nothing to back it up. So right away, right out of the gate, informed consent, standard not met right there. And I ended up resigning from my position because there was just no way um, that I was going to I was going to be encouraging this for this experimental shot for children. And as we are starting to see, and as you know personally from your experiences, you know the results can be uh, catastrophic. Uh, absolutely. And I will never understand the population that we try so hard and, and traditionally is protected from experimental stuff is children and pregnant women. And it sickens me 
to know that they were okay and are okay with letting it continue. Uh, it, it, it just does and will never make sense. Exactly. I'm absolutely horrified at this point that these, that these, I can't even call them a vaccines. We all know they're not vaccines, they're gene therapy. But at this point that these products have not been pulled off of the, mar off of the market, everybody should be horrified by this. And, and they're not, but we see what's happening and, you know, like I said, it is absolutely horrific. America Out Loud Talk Radio plays on the iHeartRadio network. You can also listen on our media player from any web browser anywhere in the world. We have the best in-class apps available on Apple, Android, or Alexa 24-7. Great talk radio. All of our shows go to podcast the following day. You can hear them on apps such as Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart Podcast, and many more. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show on Apple Podcasts for me. I'll catch you on the other side of this break. Stay with us. It's time and this is We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative think. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, keep your face always toward the sunshine and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to Nurses Out Loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton. Wherever you're listening from today and whatever you're doing, I thank you for giving me the gift of your time. Let's jump right back in. We've been talking with registered nurse, Danielle Baker, who was injured after her second dose of the Pfizer vaccine. So Danielle, you had your first dose of the Pfizer jab in June of 2021. Now, did you notice anything at that time or did you have any reaction at all after that first shot? I didn't know at the time. It took looking back to put the pieces together 
at 18 days after my first shot, I ended up in the emergency room with what I thought were kidney stones. Um, the pain was awful enough to send me where I never wanted to go. And I had imaging done uh, stone protocol and they said that I had just done something to the muscles in my back and I was released. Um, that was my first uh, uh, symptom that I didn't know was happening. And so I assume that they really didn't even ask about like your vaccination status or if they did, did they ever um, have any indication that it might be related? Was that ever suggested or did they say, you know, what, have you had any of these newer experimental shots in, in the past, you know, month or so? Did they ever um, indicate that at all? Uh, of course, one of the first things they always ask is if you are vaccinated and if you had a COVID test. And, you know, at bedside, you get the opportunity to shove a swab up your nose every month or every week, if not twice a week. So I did let them know that I had started my series, but it never was connected, never um, was thought to be part of the problem until later. Yeah. And so your second dose um, is, is what really began you on a, a downward spiral, I guess. If, if So when did you notice that something just wasn't right? And what were some of the first symptoms that you experienced? I had a fall. Um, that day that I had it, I was supposed to take it on work time, but I was so busy, I wasn't able to stop and get it. So I went the next day um, to get it. Um, and that night, within 12 hours, I fell like a cartoon fall. Um, no reason for me to be falling. Um, I'm klutzy, but it was a bit much. Um, over the next 24 hours, I started to have severe pain, uh, unproportional to uh, my fall um, in the same arm that I had my shot in and it radiated up into my face and down into my arm that was my first indication that it could be from the shot I had taken the day before not in the sense that it happened to turn out to be but in the sense of maybe they injected it into the wrong space yeah and what about, you know, your, what about your former coworkers? Have they, what have they said of your injury? Have they been mostly supportive of you? I know that for myself, you know, since I have become fairly vocal on these issues, 
I hardly ever hear from any of my former colleagues, you know, even some nurses that were my closest friends, I don't hear from them anymore. Um, what is that your, your situation as well? Or, or have they been mostly supportive of you? I am um, lucky in the fact that uh, my closest colleagues are still my friends. Um, they, I, most of them I worked with for 17 years. Um, it, when you go into hospice, you love it or you don't. Mm -hmm. And so our retention rate was very high. And I am blessed that my colleagues, most of them, knew how I was before and know how I am now. And they know that this isn't something that is made up. And they have been supportive. There are some um, that I have lost along the way. Um, I won't ever know exactly why, um, but a majority of my colleagues have been supportive. That's good. I'm glad to hear that, that they are supportive, um, in, in their support, are they, do they recognize this as vaccine injury or, um, do they still think it may not be related? I... I can't speak to um, tell you 100% what they think. Um, it's kind of been something happened. I would like to say my closest recognize it as a vaccine injury because um, they helped work a benefit for me. Um, but I, I, I can't speak on on their behalf on that um i've been shown kindness um and tolerance but if i share something it's not necessarily reshared right right i can understand that now let me ask you then when when did when did you receive your second dose uh, July or June the 26th of 2021. Okay, so here we are um, nearly two years later. And, and how has your life changed in that time? Um, I'm completely disabled now. I never um, talked like this before. Um, it's affected my cognition. Um, I have opportunity tomorrow to speak to the FDA. And I've been trying to come up with what I want to say. And um, one of the things I thought about was my life before and my life after. Um, I was always smiling and happy and active. We always were on the go and we were determined to teach our kids um, the benefits of an active lifestyle. 
I myself had lost around 140 pounds and I was at my healthiest when I got this. And, um, I was the soccer mom and the mom that whipped up dinner and kept the household. And um, now I require caregivers and medical equipment, and I get to have a bed source, constant um, intractable pain um i'm a shell of what i was no and it's so hard for me it's so hard for me to um to hear this it it's so hard for me to hear what you have had to go through if if you're not you are by far not alone in in your pain and your suffering because there are so many out there danielle just like you who are suffering and um and it, it's so hard to to hear and it's so hard to work but i i'm just applaud you for your bravery and speaking out because so many aren't saying anything they're suffering in silence and it, it and it can't be that way and that's what i hope to change um i am lucky and blessed in that I have a supportive family and I do have supportive friends, but so many are suffering and they're suffering in silence without a support network. I started um, to speak out because I wanted to at least save one person from my fate um i was lucky to find a um, support network and it did get to be too much so i did back off but i re um inserted myself because of seeing how many are afraid to come forward and a lot of them are medical background or mandated background they're scared they're scared of what's going to happen to them if they tell their truth and i hope that it gives somebody the courage to speak because until that happens it until we unite and supporters unite the tide won't change yeah you're exactly right you're exactly right and i'm grateful for your bravery um for stepping out because you know i think we're all outside we're like way outside of our comfort zones i i (laughs) no doubt about that I, th- I think I left my comfort zone somewhere like a year and a half ago. I don't know. Um, so we're all kind of stepping out because that's what we do though, right? That's what we do as nurses. That's what we do is we stand in the gap for our patients and for each other, for each other as well. Um, I will ask you, so what does your employer say? Have they said anything? Do they attribute your injury to the vaccine and what 
um, if, if any a consolation, if there's any consolation, there isn't. But what have they tried to uh, provide for you to assist you? Anything at all? Um, I carried the benefits at my employer. Um, so I had a, a long-term disability benefit um, that lasted, uh, I, I think, uh, um, until the end of 2021 December. We still had to pay a godly amount for um, health care, um, but they uh, deny everything um my neurologist believes that i had undiagnosed long covid as well um i had contracted covid in um the end of december and he thinks that that lowered my immunity and i still had spike protein and then the the vaccine um it, it overwhelmed my system and i hate calling it a vaccine but the shot overwhelmed my system um so they are not acknowledging that i uh, contracted uh, covid on frontline and they are not acknowledging that i took the shot because of the coercion uh, they're denying everything okay. and it's sad so i'm sorry go ahead i i would have never guessed um that i thought okay i know it's gonna be mandated and I would rather have a safety net to fall back into if something happens. And that's why I took it when I did. But it turns out they're not even honoring that safety net that they promised. And we see that over and over again is that, um, you know, we, we feel like, I mean, we were all pretty much made to feel very uh, coerced, very guilty about not getting it or even questioning it. Um, and, and all of this for a shot that didn't prevent transmission. And, mm -mm. you know, that was what really got to me because it just never made, it never made any sense to me. And we've been saying that like since the very early days that I started Nurse Freedom Network, I'm like, the shot doesn't prevent transmission. Why are we doing this? Why are we, um, guilting people or coercing them into getting um, a shot that we didn't have any safety data on it um, and we're coercing them into getting it and it doesn't prevent transmission it, it just never none of it made any sense to me i'm sure you feel the same way um, mm -hmm. and now you know where are, are these people where are the, the hospitals and where they don't even acknowledge your injury they don't, and neither does the FDA. Yeah. Um, transverse myelitis is not an acknowledged diagnosis, mm -hmm. so I'm invisible to them. Um, and the safety signal has been triggered so many times, but this is the only shot that I know of that there's 
no end yeah. to it. There's there's no marked trigger to where they say, okay, we have to stop. There's nothing. It just keeps going. And I think everything that we're now seeing it has nothing to do with the virus itself. It's everything to do with reactions to the shots. Uh, it, it, it doesn't prevent transmission. It is not safe. It is not effective. And under any other circumstances would have already been pulled from the market. Absolutely. I'm, I'm horrified when I see that they are still, and not only that, but that they are now giving this to babies as mm. young as six months old. What are we doing? What, and parents are bringing their children and, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to say anything about parents because parents implicitly trust a lot of us, a lot of us, even ourselves. We implicitly trusted that those that were, you know, in these, uh, you know, this, this wasn't our, this wasn't our realm. We weren't in the vaccine safety realm, but we implicitly trusted that those who were, were doing their due diligence were that these were, safe and effective like they told us well they're not we you know that now i know that and so many others too many others know that um but that the fact that these are still on the market is horrific to me now i i told you in the beginning that i wasn't um i wasn't anti-vax going into this fight i can tell you that i am now because i've actually started to research uh, are you in that same space or what are your thoughts on that as far as the other vaccines absolutely i am right alongside you um uh, we went to an appointment just with the general practitioner and he looked at me and he said, now I have to ask you if you want the flu shot. Oh. I could have punched him. Right. And absolutely no circumstances will I be injecting anything else into myself and to my children. They are not safe. None of them. Exactly. And once you, you know, you get down that rabbit hole, it's, you start to see because, you know, our eyes have been, uh, you know, thrown wide open. Uh, you know, and I feel, I feel so much for, for those of you who are suffering, you know, it's so it's hard for me. And I'm, I feel like, I feel thankful in a way that I, I don't know why I've, I stood so strong to not get this because I've gotten every other shot. Mm -hmm. I've gotten every other shot, you know, uh, and I've never really thought twice about it. So I feel grateful for my discernment in this that I didn't get it. Um, but my my heart just goes out to you. And I, it's, it's hard for me. And you know how it is for nurses, we just feel things so deeply for others. And, it, and it's it's painful for me to watch so many um, suffering the way that you are. So please know that, you know, my heart goes out to you and, and anything that I can do to assist um, you know, I'm here for you. Like, uh, uh, I uh, appreciate that. It, um, we as a healthcare community, I I think you you nailed it on the head that 
we were put first because we're trusted. I I hope that people continue to trust us and know that we're not going to come forward and say, don't take it unless we hold that as a very strong conviction. Exactly. And, you know, my my organization, Nurse Freedom Network, um, exists to elevate the stories of the vaccine injured like yourself. And remnant nursing, uh, which I started um, after I started Nurse Freedom Network, from that came remnant nursing. And that exists to provide compassionate care to the same. You know, we've designed a vaccine injury program. I'm going to talk more with you about that later. But but if I can share one thing with you, Danielle, it is that that there is hope, you know, and there are solutions that we've we've been we've been seeing very promising results with what we're doing. I, I want to talk with you more about that. Um, but, you know, I've been working with varying degrees of vaccine injury for close to a year now and I've seen um, a nearly complete reversal of symptoms in many cases. Your case is very complex. You know, you, these injuries and all of them can be very complex, but many are reversible with appropriate interventions and lifestyle modifications. You know, I can't make any guarantees, but I can share hope. I can share hope with you, you know, and I can I... be with you at every step of this journey. I appreciate it so much, and I am so proud of you for what you are doing. Um, You are a light in the the darkness to so many, but especially in the health community. So thank you for that. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, you know, know, we we were recently together at the... um, at the American Health and Freedom Summit, uh, as well as we both had the opportunity to participate, right? You were at the Inspire Global Leadership Summit in Orlando, Florida. Um, it was an incredible honor to be there and be a part of that, you know, but we didn't really have much of a chance to connect there. Uh, such a whirlwind of events that we had. <laughs> um, but I, I was able to capture that a really beautiful moment uh, out there at Jim Gale's farm um, where you got out on the dance floor, you had some <laughs> Uh, but what a beautiful moment and what a beautiful day that was. I wish that we had had the opportunity to connect more and I know that we will uh, moving forward. But I, I would love for you to just kind of talk about that day. Uh, what, what was that day like for you? Oh, it was beautiful. Um, so I hadn't um, traveled um, by myself um, since my injury. And um, I... I'm uh, good friends with um, Kat Parker, and um, she encouraged me to um, come down. So I, at the last minute, decided to um, come. But um, at the the farm, and uh, five times August was playing, um, it just hit home um I, I think they had all of us crying and then they had us um dancing and dancing is one of the things my husband and I used to do in our kitchen all the time um so to uh, be able uh, to uh, get up and have a safety net behind me because I 
spasmed a little bit <laughs> during that time. It, I, oh, I recall. I recall <laughs> quite the scare there. I, I don't remember. I came up. I was like, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> That's my normal, <laughs> but it 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 was a very freeing. Um, it it was uh, acceptance, and it had been a long time since I was able to experience that. It has gotten to the point that there are days it hurts to smile. So um, having that opportunity to meet so many beautiful souls in one place is something I'll never forget. And you are included in that. Well, thank you so much, Danielle. Like I said, we we didn't get much of a chance to connect then, but um, I, I think you're going to be joining us. Uh, if I I hope you'll be joining us in Atlanta for uh, the Next Steps Conference. We really want you to be there with us, and you are are welcome to come and join us there. Um, I hope you, I hope that you can. Uh, I appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, that's all the time that we have for today. But I, I just want everybody to remember, we are here on the air five days a week, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern with a different nurse host daily. Please be sure to tune in and listen to myself and my amazing sister nurses. As we walk you through all of these topics, we will empower you. We will encourage you. I'm sorry, I got really emotional. <laughs> I'm sorry. I get it. You know, you, you, we try to keep it together, but you know how it is, right? <laughs> we just, sometimes we can't, and it's okay. You know what? I'm going to say this right before I'm, I'm in the middle of my, my closing, but you know what? I'm going to say this. There are times that I have, um, I've held the hand of my patient. I've cried with my patients. I've prayed with my patients and I'm not ashamed of any of that. And I'm not ashamed of that right now. <sighs> wish I could give you a big hug. We're going to give each other big hugs very, very soon. Okay. Good. Good. <laughs> All right, sweetheart. Well, again, I'll try this again. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton, and you can find me here every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern. Until next time, be safe, be well, and God bless. We are in a war for the truth we are putting out a bounty on the real misinformation and exposing the purveyors of propaganda. Join us weekdays with a different nurse host daily. No topic is off limits as we shine our lights and expose the darkness. It's time and then.